on a Monday. On so a Monday. we're starting the week off well. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly feel like it's later. But uh or earlier, sorry. You know. Yeah, nothing to that. <laughs> 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 All right. So if you've been listening, guys, you might have caught our episode last week with um, big dick trader Mike McCaskill, um, <laughs> um, who was generous enough to give us some of his time and um, discuss uh, some of his more wild experiences in the market and also uh, Humanogen, a, uh, a very interesting stock that uh, Mike and a lot of the Modern Guilt gang are waist deep in at the moment. Oh, buddy. So if you haven't if you haven't had a chance, maybe go back and listen to that episode if you're interested in in that. If you're looking for something to stake um, some money on, yeah. But uh, shout out to Mike. The uh, fever that he's whipped up in my immediate circle is pretty fucking outrageous, eh? Like, um, even the most conservative of investors I feel now have been, like, texting me being like, hey, bro, listen to the pod. <laughs> How wild's Mike? Hey, just threw some money on some <laughs> June calls. <laughs> I was just like, damn. So it rubs all off. Right. It rubs off. We all want to taste the glory. Um, so, yeah, again shout out fucking legend um now i feel like it's 99 percent of my like news feed and general media diet and content is just reading hgen shit so yeah yeah it gets to that point though where like most of it's just recycled information just presented to you in different ways once you well i'm finding that at least i'm not actually coming across anything new now i'm kind of just like oh shit okay i'm kind of like going insane here because it's just all these HGen people talking about HGen. We're just in this whirlpool uh, <laughs> of like recycled. Yeah. Um, although yeah. since the pod, they have they had uh, we had Q1 earnings. I think past the pod that came out, or was that before? I can't even remember because that was before the pod. Oh, yeah. was it? Okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. They basically but there was the announce. Oh yeah, go on. They they did announce since the pod. They um confirmed their manufacturing agreement with um chime um is it, is it chime biotech i can't recall the exact name of their company I don't know, dude. Something like um, that. Um, but basically they're a um sorry chime biologics is the name yep. <laughs> uh, they're a chinese manufacturing company um who they've uh, struck an agreement with to um outsource the manufacturing for all of their international supply which is <clears throat> interesting so fairly substantial deal um i think it's pretty bullish uh you wouldn't really be going ahead with that kind of an agreement if you weren't fairly confident of some good results so that's nice it is nice it makes me feel good about myself um (laughs) i haven't seen much fud out there that is overly convincing or worth it but anyway it's uh their twitter feed starting to get more and more active and to be honest like the moment you look up mm-hmm. any news around them you'll be like basically in the loop on the latest big week coming up eua submission apparently and yes yeah uh they're announcing some other shit that i probably should have read up on but <laughs> so i'm gonna do oh what it. else are they what else are they announcing uh, i, I was uh, familiar with this I on one of the many channels that I peruse, um, someone was just saying that they're going to announce. I think like whether or not they're getting into beyond America, but that might not be true because I didn't do my fact checking. So you know, mm, naughty, naughty. Um, yeah. Anyway. So speaking of um, speaking of the frenzy and wanting to sniff at success. Uh, the crypto community has just been burned or um, maybe incinerated is the right word. Uh, So RIP, their portfolios. So Um, I just sent you a screenshot of mine. Uh, I have like a, I had like an absolutely like token amount um, because like I just signed up to Coinbase out of curiosity one day and they give you like, free small offerings of different cryptocurrencies like and i care as so little about this that i literally don't even know what coins i own um so basically like i acquired i suppose in air quotes like a small portfolio uh for free 
which then grew from zero to $253. <laughs> and I was that's, like, oh, okay, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, like that's bizarre. Uh, and then in a, in a span of like five days, um, fell to 109. So, um, you know, we all know that there are people out there with far, 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 far more money in crypto than I had. Yeah. So uh, those guys are probably fucking not very happy right now. So a couple things. One, um, I take no pleasure in the collapse of the crypto market. I've seen a lot of people gloating on Twitter. Um, and at first, maybe under like a 10% drop, that was pretty funny, where they're like, oh, I'm sure when they release their earnings and strong balance sheet that, uh, you know, uh, people <laughs> will be like more than happy to continue holding crypto. And now I'm just like, oh man, I feel bad for like so many people, you know, who have uh, mm. like that is, that sucks. And apologize to you. Um, that's out of the way now. So <laughs> no, it's not out of the way just yet. Hang okay. on. <laughs> you want to give your so, disclaimer as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. So thoughts and prayers. <laughs> there are some of these people I feel bad for, but there is like a significant, um, like extremely loud, vocal, obnoxious sector of like the online crypto community who are so fucking sure of themselves that the the sort of theme of all of what they're like they post and stuff is almost like a sense of like oh my god i can't believe these plebs are not in crypto mm. why would you not be in crypto because x y and z and then list uh, a, a list of points as if to say that like you know i can't believe that you can't see how blatantly beneficial being in crypto is for you and yeah. these people are the, the ones i don't feel sorry for at all man oh, like, no, fuck them. people yeah. these like long twitter threads just like crypto is the greatest financial opportunity of the last millennium or whatever like fuck off cunt like you you're a parasite yeah. and they're the ones who are to blame for the people who are losing so much of their money who i do feel sorry for yeah because there are some people that get caught up in the hype and they don't know any better and it's like sure man that, those people don't deserve to lose their money but there are these fucking grifters man who just try and rope in as many people as they can because ultimately like the value of one's crypto is only um you know built on the back of the idea that they can sell it to someone else for more like the greater fool theory yeah um so like there are plenty of greater fools out there and they're the ones who uh, oh. who have been lied to and sold a fucking dream and they're the ones i feel sorry for all these other dickheads no i don't feel sorry for them at all yeah fair enough okay um i vibe with that and i totally agree there's just a lot of yeah i, <laughs> yeah. I mainly feel bad for people that yellow their entire life savings uh as i did when i saw people doing that with gme only with gme it was kind of like man you know like we've kind of had like the crypto bull run going for a while now long enough to convince yeah. otherwise uh you know naive people that this is a good idea um whereas gme mm -hmm. was just like if you were uh, senselessly YOLOing your money on GME and the couple days of news coverage that it got, then that was probably your mistake and not anyone else's. <laughs> um, anyway, what was I going to say? Oh, we did an episode on crypto a while ago. It wasn't even that long ago. It was a few episodes ago. And one of the things we talked about was the hidden um, systemic risk of leverage in the system. And with leverage in the system, accounts can blow up dramatically. So I saw a report saying 776,000 accounts have blown up. So, Oof. yeah, a lot of leverage in the system. That was fascinating. I'm, um, yeah, that is. I'm, yeah. I'm surprised it's not more than that, though, to be perfectly honest. Um, That's a lot of fucking but, accounts. I mean, <laughs> oh, of course, still a lot. But um, well, I, a few days yeah, ago I'm, as well. I still, mm, true. So, um, well, well, yeah, the weekend was the most brutal, so I'm sure that's probably doubled. No, no, I don't mean the artist, the weekend. Oh. Um, I mean, <laughs> like the, the... <laughs> no, I just mean the, um, the last two days, as in yeah. Saturday and Sunday, the weekend yeah. have been, uh, extra brutal. So I'm sure that since you read that statistic, the, the numbers probably doubled. Oh yeah. hundred percent. That is so fucking nuts. Hey, like, um, I, mm -hmm. I do think that it's gone up cause that was before the weekend. Um, speaking of the weekend, by the way, I got drunk 
at this country bar, um, this country pub, and saw... Do they exist in Christchurch? Well, they exist out in the country, but... Um, right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, yeah, at this, like, pub hotel thing, basically, on the edge of town. And I saw yeah. the weekend's uh, song Blinding Lights or whatever. It was, like, mm-hmm. playing on a um, screen. And he's driving around in this new Mercedes smoking dirties. Um, mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's an amazing video, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But fuck, man, that shit made me want to buy a Mercedes. And then um, <laughs> I found out, because I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was sort of like um, a mutual friend, friend of the pod, uh, mm-hmm. like, man, I'm pretty sure that this is just like a low-key advertisement for Mercedes, because I was like frothing oh, on sure. it. I like never wanted anything, you know, like I, I don't want anything fundamentally. But after that, I was like, oh, yeah, fuck it. I sick with it, beat it, smoke durries you know to buy melbourne lights and fucking cruise around and like the you know absurd yeah. mercedes but he's doing like advertising for them now so it totally was a fucking mercedes style oh for sure yeah right. i mean that's like okay. that's so common within within music now like um because artists and labels have realized you know like a lot of their traditional sources of revenue are drying up through like physical sales yeah. And then obviously with the pandemic, like touring sales and merch are like dropping as well. Like product placement in music videos is like a, a main sort of revenue pillar now, which is, you know, yeah. exciting. Well, in my <laughs> um, um, deep analysis of uh, that particular market, you know, of like who buys um, Mercedes, as in when I drive mm-hmm. around and I peer into other people's cars who are driving Mercedes and the sort of person that drives it, it's always these sort of like, um weak chinned uh, presumably small gooched dudes uh fucking driving around in this shit and i was like oh it's fascinating that they've changed techniques now because i guess they've cotton on cotton on caught on caught yeah on. that's a thing cotton cotton so is also caught on um to the fact that those that particular phenotype <laughs> it's like wants to be um like a young hip rapper you know yeah yeah okay i, I get that maybe i'm like crawling out from under a rock or something this is all like fucking my <laughs> i'm just telling everyone something super obvious but anyway i mm. i'm surprised that the whole thing's changed i found it quite amusing to be honest so no it is interesting yeah. um <laughs> also like i i can't remember now if i'm thinking of blinding lights or uh the other weekend single that came out was it Heartless? Maybe it was called, but like huge nod to Fair and Loathing in Las Vegas, oh, which was nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it must have been. Uh, now I'm worrying that I'm not. Yeah, no, it was Heartless. Um, yeah, if you check out that video, it's a uh, big, big Fair and Loathing vibes. So that's cool. Who do you think they're advertising um, to in that? Oh, no one. Oh, okay. I think it's just yeah. just is what it is. Yeah. Um. But great video, The Weeknd. Nice. Um, somehow still underrated, in my opinion. Even as yeah. one of the biggest pop artists in the world, like I think he's just yeah consistently kicking goals. It's kind of like this generation. Two people kick. Uh, Michael Jackson. That's what I was thinking when I was watching that shit. You know. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. One last tidbit that I have to share sure. is the yeah. Pentagon strongly suspects aliens exist. There's a new report by The Telegraph, who has weirdly been my, like, what I was going to talk to you about today was also a Telegraph article. But uh, mm-hmm. apparently they are legitimately talking about aliens. And we kind of need to dive into that at some point because, mm. I mean, that's just fucking fascinating. I haven't actually read the article. Um, but I had yeah, to look right. more into aliens and everything, and I yeah. saw that this. I think, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's important to note. I think the terminology is like UAEs, right? UFOs, um, like right? Okay, UFOs. Yeah. Um, or um, hang on, UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomenon. Oh right. Okay. Um, yeah. they're pretty. They're pretty careful to avoid using terms like aliens. Um, and I think within the Department of Defense, they've even stopped using the term UFO um, oh. just so that they can avoid the negative stigma um, and try and develop like some legitimacy around it. So yeah, UAP, I'm pretty sure is the new term that they use like within the department. Um, but yeah, the Pentagon stuff is really interesting, man. Mm. Um, 
I recently listened to Is that bullish a... for Lockheed Martin, do you reckon? Well, I think it <laughs> low-key is, dude. Um, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I recently listened to what is becoming an increasingly <laughs> rare um, good episode of the Joe Rogan podcast mm. with Christopher Mellon, um, who was... Let me see if I can just find this guy's rap sheet. Uh, he has been the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence, former Minority Staff Director for the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. Uh, again, I'll say Chris. What's a Minority Allen. Staff um, Director? Not nothing relating to minority uh, identities. Right. I don't think. Okay. Um, oh, so as in um, Minority Staff Director for the party that currently has the minority in the Senate. Ah, right. Okay. So. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, as opposed to like the um the a sitting member of government. Yeah. Anyway, so this guy has worked for several governments. I think he worked for um the Clinton, Bush, and Obama administrations, hmm. and has been in like really high-ranking defense and intelligence roles, as you probably gathered from that list of credentials that I just read. And he's one of the dudes leading the charge, or was at least he's no longer in government um about the effort to like legitimize investigations into ufos um it's a really good episode man i think you'd enjoy it because this guy is totally like well grounded has like a really like rational approach to discussing this kind of shit and Mm. looks at it from like a purely like defense and intelligence perspective uh and still has contacts in washington and whatnot uh and is trying to trying to advocate for you know, more attention being put into these things. Yeah, well... Um, which is, yeah, it's fascinating. It is fascinating, and it, it's something that, you know, lets the mind wander. And it's much nicer than focusing on, like, shitty woke politics, which is an entirely uninteresting subject nowadays. Um, and frankly... Yeah, 100%. You know, not super relevant, I feel, woke politics to, like, the going-ons of 99% of us uh other yeah, than yeah, a right. source of outrage and uh profitable clicks for people delivering <laughs> it <laughs> yeah yeah um lucrative marketing angles yeah exactly just ways to uh stroke the hate but um yes anyway so i came across an article uh about stroking that i was keen to great share. yeah mm-hmm. and this is something that i found like uh this is like much darker than than standard um wokeness so a lot of people will probably be familiar with gwyneth paltrow's goop labs and mm, yeah. her uh weird foray into the world of wellness um as well as like her new brand and like line of crap that she puts out like you know or might not be crap (laughs) you might really enjoy it uh most famously her candles that smell like her vagina which i'm curious is that is that real yeah um i don't know what her vagina smells like but apparently her like candles smell like her vagina so uh you know light one up so she did that she did that intentionally (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's like a shitty marketing technique. Um, or maybe a good marketing technique. Again, uh, it might smell really fucking good. I don't know. I don't know what Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina smells like. But um, it was... Apparently, they've been blowing up on people, though. So, you know, if you, like, light them for longer than three hours, that they explode. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, it's kind of like a weird, you know, sexual innuendo as well. I yeah, that's I was intentional. That. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's just gotta be. Was was, Gwen, was Gwyneth Paltrow an actress? Yeah, man. Yeah, she was in Contagion. Yeah, okay. Um, she was in some other right. She was in some really good Woody Allen stuff. Um, so you know, right. And then she veered off and became like a businesswoman. Um, yeah, yeah, a, a podcaster. Boss. Yeah, a podcast. <laughs> oh, did she actually? Um, Probably. I, I think know. so. I Can I just? quickly derail you for a second and, of course um give a give a shout out to paris hilton who i saw um being interviewed by the wall street journal recently really um that's cool because paris hilton is like also you know a 
uh, I guess, ambiguously titled entrepreneur now yeah. um, and is like big into NFTs. <laughs> um, yeah, fuck, I saw and, that. <laughs> yeah, I saw her, her being interviewed by the Wall Street Journal to give like a, an overview of NFTs and it's just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. this, what world are we living in? Um, but like, I was really happy to see Paris Hilton seems like relatively normal and not like brain dead. Yeah. I expected that... Um, you know, after two decades of just being Paris Hilton, like she would just be like some unhinged crack whore. But she seems to be really happy and just like, you know, go, getting along fine. That's all an so, act, uh, I reckon. Uh, you know, that was just like a grift mm. for reality TV. Is she just wanted to be like a well, dumb, play the dumb bimbo. But in reality, man, I reckon her and all the other reality TV stars are pretty smart. Hey? Except like maybe Snooki. Like they're all pretty well put together. I think some of them, definitely. But, I mean, if you look at, like, Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan, who were, like, hanging out with Paris back in the day, you know, those two were fucking loose. They're legitimately fucked in the head, right? So I think there's, like, a, a dividing line. I think there's there's smart, kind of, like, well-marketed individuals like Paris Hilton yeah. um, who are probably actually pretty capable. And then there's legitimately, like, like screw loose tabloid fodder motherfuckers like Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan. Um, but anyway, we're getting off track. Is I just it, wanted to quickly uh, acknowledge <laughs> Paris. <laughs> Is that different to like any fucking friend group though? Because I feel like if you took snapshots and filmed um, small, you know, periods of our past and respective friend groups that they would be, mm-hmm. there would like, you would absolutely think that I was a fucking moron bimbo uh throughout several points of my existence you know like it's just i i say a lot of dumb shit in fact you can just listen to the pod and probably draw the same conclusion (laughs) if you chop it up enough (laughs) you know like it's just Hmm. um kind of yeah i don't know it's selective but who knows whatever it's good to see that she's in the nfts and doing that grift hopefully her fucking nft portfolio hasn't plummeted i don't know how that shit works but uh, yeah i wonder yeah anyway gwyneth paltrow was always sort of like in my eyes kind of the uh if paris hilton's sort of like the blonde bimbo harris gwyneth paltrow's like the uh like upper middle class yuppie that you know will sneak out for a fucking um jack and coke and a puff on somebody's fucking dirty or something and then go back in with her uh collection of you know, um, like-minded yuppies and upper elites and all that sort of stuff. That's how I view her. So anyway, she was into this weird, um, she had a whole episode on this Goop Lab thing that I actually watched uh, because I was interested in it because it was about jerking off and I figured- Is Goop Lab like a video series, like a YouTube channel? Yeah, it's basically like this Netflix series for a bunch of paid, uh, it kind of just seemed to me like a bunch of paid advertising that she must have gotten through Netflix. And the whole thing was essentially like a wellness series where they're talking about like various crap, Um, you know, like, like some of it was kind of cool, but it was all, I just hate this shit, man. Cause it was sort of like, Oh, how to like fix your mind with psychedelic mushrooms. And so she has her like (laughs) company goop um, and she takes them out to like psychedelic retreats and stuff. And before you're like, Oh, that sounds sick. It's like not cool because it just, it's like, like just, taking all the fun out of these activities i feel because you know who the fuck wants to go uh blow their minds out or like jerk off with your corporate companions you know it's just not (laughs) not a fucking good time at all if i think back to like my corporate experience and if you know throughout every job i've had i think that's like the biggest easiest way to have a horrible fucking experience would be to like take mushrooms and jerk off with my um colleagues but who knows maybe they're doing it right at good labs anyway so there is a uh loose connection um between one of these episodes that she put out and this masturbation group called um om was orgasmic right masturbation or something <laughs> but um our old bro lafayette was fucking basically like the og of this stuff right so hang all... on who the fuck is lafayette didn't we do a whole episode on lafayette i can't remember did we <laughs> right the fucking victor Bonarco, the alien dude 
Or am I thinking no, of someone man, else? I don't think I don't think we've done an episode about this dude. Oh, okay. Fuck, I must have been confusing the names because I was thinking I was like, oh, it's fucking the guy who like has the weird orgasm cult and he was like a car dealer or something. Maybe there's like multiple dudes that do this. There probably is. You know. Oh, okay. So we we did an episode about like Oh, dude, I can't even remember the name of this cult now, but this French guy who runs, like, a, a weird sex cult. Yeah, right. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting my sex cults confused now. <laughs> I probably am as well. My brain's pretty mushy at the moment. Anyway, so uh, the story starts with this woman called Nicole Daydone, um, who did a TEDx talk because, of course, she did on her plans to build, like, an entire basically like you know corporate empire around uh jerking off um but for females and it was all branded under all this right. like orgasmic uh masturbation basically i feel like i'm getting that wrong because it might be orgasmic oh it's orgasmic meditation which eff- effectively is just jerking off is what she was doing you know um okay yeah and it has this sort of like weird beginning where it talks about how she was like abused as a child or something and um you know it doesn't really go into too much detail about that but then her like full story kicks off when she was talking about how she was at this like house party and uh this guy uh you know comes up to her and she rebrands whether or not like who the dude was so the article says like sometimes the man would be a buddhist sometimes a monk and in other words in her words a cute guy who delivered the best pickup line i've ever heard but the result was always the same for the first time in my life she said i felt like i had access to the hunger that was underneath all my other hungers which is a fundamental hunger to connect to another human being um so (laughs) she then goes on to basically talk about like the female orgasm is vital for every single woman on the planet a truth apparently so undeniable that i had to bring it to the world and thus begins the story of this group called one taste um as well as this practice of orgasmic meditation there we go that's what it was called so at the peak these motherfuckers were apparently pulling in like 12 mil a year and they're all across like san fran london new york and endorsed by Gwyneth Paltrow right and whoa so they effectively have been shut down because the FBI was investigating them for sex trafficking prostitution and violation of labor laws but what's the yeah these guys are called orgasmic meditation meditation. wait what's the what's the name of this organization they were called one taste but effectively they've like rebranded themselves so uh yeah, so they're not okay, cool. called. They they have a new name now that I like actually because I did like a reasonable amount of like looking into this because it's such a fucking weird story and um, hilarious how you know what they're actually selling is just like happy endings. Um, anyway, so but in a, in like a horrible wellness thing, you know, in this fucking figure yeah, yeah. of wellness, which is plaguing all things good in this world which should be described purely as vice might i add you know like this is just vice rebranded as wellness um yeah yeah absolutely yeah so i'm gonna skip like a bunch of the backstory but effectively there's this like loose talking of how she like had a shitty upbringing uh you know and she was abused and then sort of like wandered around from spot to spot like not really knowing what she was doing with herself um there were as one could imagine and if you live in san francisco i'm sure that you can like attest to this that around the time that daydon was i don't know sort of like bumming about in san francisco um she came across other groups that were dedicated to like orgasms and specializing in female orgasms so the one of the ones that she joined was called the welcome consensus run by this guy called Lafayette, who I thought we talked about, but it must be someone else who was, I guess, a French orgasm weirdo. Um, and so it was run by this guy, Lafayette, who was <laughs> apparently a former used car salesman and peddler of phony jewelry <laughs> became, started a university peddling accredited PhDs in sensuality and lifestyle, which is effectively probably Fucking just hell. like jerking off. But weird... Like, I'm kind of, like, impressed by that <laughs> and the fact that it's, like, what a grifter, you know, that you just go from 
those occupations and then waltz into the world of fucking wellness uh yeah well at least um <laughs> there's like a sort of robin hood dynamic to that like because yeah. you're obviously not going into the hood and selling people wellness and orgasm phds like you're roping in like soccer moms who are driving around in range rovers and shit Bro. who like just have <laughs> ha- have no other like meaning in their life and they think that they're like finding some greater purpose so, yeah. so like i kind of dig that like if you're gonna screw someone over you may as well screw over someone who has nothing better to do yeah well you can't grift the hood on this and you can't grift like no exactly you can't grift anyone that isn't sort of like entirely deluded or thinks that this is like a naughty thing to do because i mean otherwise these people would have found jerking off much earlier you know um yes so i guess they weren't jerking off because their entire clientele and later we'll probably include some links if you want to check it out is very obviously branded towards like high powered yuppies who you know um i i just sort of assumed that everybody did this but apparently they fucking don't <laughs> so it's just it's like well it's like a things. pretty particular like a pretty particular subgenre of masturbation though right is what these guys are getting at like well i'm sure like everyone masturbates but like these guys isn't it some sort of like sensual like slowed down conscious masturbation or some bullshit yeah we'll like we'll get into and that. i want to i want to emphasize that i'm not using these words like in a serious sense but i think that's kind of what they're selling right uh i suppose so so here we go so they devised a technique called like deliberate orgasm or doing in which a woman would undress from the waist or down doing. and a man would stroke her clitoris mm. Um, because apparently this doesn't happen. Oh, I mean, God I forbid, yeah. Bedrooms, but I was like, is this that uncommon that you could make, like, a bottle of this? <laughs> <laughs> and exchange the strokey. So the guy, uh, or whoever's touching the clit, I guess, would give the stroker a token or a small gift. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, so, um, they claim that they are able to, like, sustain continuous orgasms for three hours, uh, by, I guess, like um touching the clit you know <laughs> mm, okay <laughs> through this court so basically uh nicole they don't lived at this you know um clit cult for two years and uh, just blissing out or whatever the fuck she was doing <laughs> um and allegedly suggested to Bonarco, the guy running it, that she should be the successor. But, you know, he, I don't know, didn't take her up on that. So by the sounds of it, she basically wanted to go start her own um, orgasm meditation place or whatever, and also wanted to take it, like, completely to the mainstream. So uh, she packaged this technique of orgasmic meditation and rebranded it so basically she's talked about like how a woman uh would lie on a nest of pillows and butterfly her legs and drape one leg over the knee of a man who is fully clothed seated beside her he sets a timer wearing latex gloves smeared with lubricant he would then stroke the upper left quadrant of the clitoris um and she would not go for the three-hour orgasm she would do it at a uh 15 minutes is uh, the target that she would set so they set up this business uh, retreat, sorry, this with a business partner in 2004, she set up the One Taste Urban Retreat, basically. And An urban retreat. Yeah, started it <laughs> in a like little loft type setup in San Francisco, you know, just like a startup. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be the Netflix of jerking off. And basically started promoting it as a way to like, um, you know, set like create more connection and sensuality sensuality sustainably so they grew basically pretty fucking quickly people started catching on and there's all these people in their like late 20s and early 30s that would start like oming like having orgasmic meditation two or three times a day isn't that fucking nuts can you imagine just like disappearing out because you're so horny to get like jerked off two or three times a fucking day and then paying for it Oh, it's just more like to, me, yeah. to be in a like position of enough privilege that you can justify doing that. <laughs> you know, like you just have some like white collar corporate job where you're not actually necessary and you can just yeah. like disappear three times a day to go and come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's just like such a San Francisco thing that, you know, you can sort of like Absolutely, justify yeah. getting out there. 
um to yeah. be like oh i've got to go to my om appointment so anyway you, this like it's probably like either. a yeah it's probably like a prerequisite for the staff at a lot of like tech startups oh yeah fuck yeah you can imagine like you know the whole twitter faculty basically having some free om pass to go like get stroked yeah yeah um and then come back and shit post loudly about i don't know <laughs> yeah the system keeping them down but um <laughs> so the <laughs> here's the costs uh there's a menu of services so there's an introductory workshop that costs 195 bucks a week-long urban monk program which is that that was the name <laughs> of it and that cost two thousand dollars or you could become a certified coach which costs 16 grand isn't that cool. fucking nuts uh <laughs> there's a great line from it men stroked women sometimes women stroked women nobody stroked men but everybody paid so not only basically was this effectively like just hand jobs for chicks but um mm-hmm. you know dudes would go along and basically have to pay to learn how to give hand jobs because uh, i mean let's just, let's just fucking drop the veneer of what this fucking is this is just like a massive you know uh happy ending charade <laughs> yeah yeah so um skipping ahead a little bit on this story because my mind's totally fucking melted right now uh <laughs> effectively what they did is they started like building out the cult and hiring a shitload of salespeople, you know, and this thing started getting major press, mm-hmm. especially when she um, did like her TED talks and whatnot. Even Khloe Kardashian got involved and was apparently like swearing by OM. And oh, of course. Yeah, I know. It's just, which I'm kind of surprised about. I thought Khloe Kardashian was more, um, wasn't as like wellnessy, wasn't in the wellness grift. I thought the Kardashians were more in like the, just like i'm a hoe grift yeah i'm a hoe grift yeah <laughs> um no i think i think chloe is um one of the ones who markets herself as sort of like more respectable so like wellness is her thing right okay. she's like the oldest one i think so she, and also the least hot so i think she's <laughs> kind of like yeah i'm wholesome yeah fair enough yeah um so Daydon, Nicole Daydon, effectively was hiring all these people and trying to rope in not only going after the core demographic of women that wanted to experience orgasmic meditation, but also men. And the sales team would bring in these like high-flying tech executives from around San Francisco and get them in there with their lubed-up gloves to, you know, uh, perform orgasmic meditation upon women. And then fuck them and sort of start oh, shoot wow. our relationships okay. to try and rope them in. Because these guys were paying like big bucks, you know, like mm. $10,000. Uh, she ended up jacking up the price at some point to like sixty grand to, you know, bring people on to coach them and everything. And you could get a personal uh, lesson by Daydon herself for 36 k Fuck, man, Whoa. if that's not the most expensive, shameful hand job that someone's paid for, I don't know what it is. <laughs> that's, that's so a, wild. That's extraordinary, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, you'd hope it would be... I, I just I can't imagine, like, spending that much money, you know? Um, yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, so... <laughs> there was all these people who were like basically trying to get in there and some of these dudes were getting so obsessed that they were like racking up debt so it's kind of funny like crossing this over with the whole only fans experience which gets a lot of negative light mm. and yet this is was touted as you know this breakthrough in wellness it just goes to show how much bullshit marketing there is you know like you have all these dudes mm. lining up to simp and fucking racking up debt and that's the scourge scourge that's the the scourge scourge of society i don't know like it's like very obviously negatively looked upon and yet this was like deeply promoted by netflix and the whole uh bullshit (laughs) bullshit fucking wellness thing and yet it's the exact same thing there's just all these like high-flying tech losers who are simping to line up and stroke woman are stressed out and like to think that this is somehow like you know revolutionary um so anyway all these allegations started coming forward of effectively these women being pushed into like prostitution and uh that they were getting completely harassed and forced to not forced but like you know 
uh, manipulated. manipulated to try and sleep with the male clients to bring them in. And it was all part of this, like, you know, this is like an alternative lifestyle and, you know, it's all good. It's all free love and blah, blah, blah. So it's just getting like ruthlessly abused um, by Daydon. So Daydon basically GTFO'd when the heat started getting too high and fucked off to Thailand, but she completely has disappeared off the map um, off the back of this, like, you know, all these allegations. And now the one of the former One Taste um, employees is taking up a CEO position and is now running this institute of, you know, they, they rebranded it and it's called the Institute of OM. Um, and they basically, it's basically like the same thing. You can go check out the website, I did, and you can download this free uh guide to like how they do the om which is a great way if you like uh want to completely ruin your evening um with your significant other i would highly suggest listening to it it's so fucking horrid and creepy because part of what they practice is like uh i can't remember the name it's somewhere in the article but it's like um noticing obvious things and then speaking aloud what you're noticing so they're like you know you have to go into like uh very descriptive detail about what someone's genitalia or like you know your the strokey's genitalia looks like um and then the the fucking instructional mp3 is like horrendous it's so (laughs) it's it's fascinating because you really get an insight to why these tech dudes are paying so much for it and it's fundamentally and my my like uh take here is that this is just a very you know expensive form of financial domination um Mm -hmm. because the tone in it is sort of like (laughs) you know for the stroke key lie down and prepare yourself nest and let your legs be open make sure that you're nice and comfortable stroker get into position ready your hand with the glove like it's just really intense (laughs) right like on the dude and then it it definitely like tries to inject this sense of shame i feel into you uh as the like well how could it not yeah we had to like turn it off i was like fuck this like this is like the worst fucking thing i've heard in my entire life um you know and if i keep doing this i don't know if i'll be able to come back from the uh from the brink of shame and misery <laughs> mm. um yeah the the website's interesting i've just been um the the om institute website is uh yeah fascinating <laughs> yeah um we'll link it in the show notes uh there's like a stock photo of some woman lying there with like electrodes on her fucking head or whatever you call those things those um things that like send like electric signals into your brain or something yeah um yeah so yeah that's good um Um, download the pdf and check it out as well it's fascinating and you really get a sense for like the target market here because uh they are just very obviously going after like the sexless um and miserable yuppie elites who really live horrible lives. Like, you know, if you ever felt like you're missing out or whatever, I guess, if you're not in like the upper echelons of society in a, in a fantastic corporate job, this should do the trick, I would say. This is, they should advertise this to, to kids and be like, you know, be careful with your career choices because if you become like a lawyer, <laughs> you might end up like a fucking sexless loser getting hand jobs three times a day. <laughs> <laughs> there's all there's a number on here as well it says want to speak with an om expert call us at 800-917-7839 maybe maybe um we could call them and try and record the conversation yeah i'd be interested um, um we can uh have a chat it's a fascinating grift i mean because effectively they've just taken like uh you know the happy ending and into like mainstream that's all it is right like it's not anything else mm. i wonder if they're ever going to list on the stock market that'd be fucking interesting that would be i was thinking the exact same <laughs> thing actually um <laughs> not enough revenue for me to be interested though unfortunately yeah um yeah <laughs> but hey well it'd be fun to short the shit out of it you know that would be very fun actually you could make a strong case for doing so yeah 
I also encountered something um, completely non-sexy recently. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, I don't know if you heard about this in the news, uh, but the two prison guards who were meant to be watching Jeffrey Epstein's cell on the night that he did or did not kill himself have uh, pled guilty to uh, like making like, what's the, what's the word? Like fraudulent or fabricated uh, records of their, their rounds yeah. for that night. No, I did hear that. Yeah. Um, so, so they were meant to be doing rounds of every cell, like every 30 minutes. Um, but both of them were doing like mandatory overtime shifts, meaning that they were working their second straight eight hour shift of the day. Oh, so they'd been cool. working for like 12 hours or more straight basically. And instead of doing their rounds, we're just like online shopping or like sleeping in the common area, which connects the different cell wings. Yeah. So these guys um, pled guilty, um, but are like avoiding jail and are just going to do like 100 hours community service and have be on probation um, in exchange for like their continued cooperation in like a federal investigation, um, they get to keep whatever that jobs? might entail. I don't know. Uh, that's a good question, but if I was them, I probably wouldn't be interested in that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably quite happily lose my job. Um, I don't know. Maybe yeah. they need it. I guess they, yeah, whatever. They probably need their jobs. Anyway, so I started, you know, reading more about Jeffrey Epstein and stuff, even because, like, the whole Jeffrey Epstein saga I find just so fascinating as someone who, like, kind of regularly entertains the idea of certain conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> and who was obviously interested in like the um the the puppet strings of power and influence yeah uh, and you know the the Epstein story is a no-brainer for people who want to think about those sorts of things entry-level Alex Jones shit yeah yeah exactly yeah. um but but which is really grounded in reality I think like of oh. of all of the of all of the probable or possible conspiracy theories out there like the Jeffrey Epstein one as a as an Israeli intelligence asset, to me is probably in the top one percent of yeah. you know, likely things. I say um, that like reasonably positively because he uh, he was talking about that on his original Rogan appearance, um, well before it became news. He was talking about Bill Clinton flying yeah, to a yeah. pedophile island with a guy called I think he called him Jerry or something like that. But I just yeah right. Yeah, okay. it's fascinating that it's one of the many yeah. things that he said that has then gone on to be like mainstream news. Yeah. So I I was doing just some like some background reading on Epstein. <laughs> yeah. Just like as you do. And I was reading about like his early life and after he um he, he graduated 2 years ahead of his grade um from high school. So must have, you know, apparently been a really intelligent person. So he graduated high school at the age of 16. Um then went straight to college where he was there for four years and eventually left without a degree, but seemed to walk straight into a teaching job at a private high school in New York, um, where the headmaster was this guy named Donald Barr, who is the father of another man named William Barr, who um, served as the US Attorney General under Trump and George Bush. But that's sort of an aside. This guy, Donald Barr, who uh, hired Epstein as a teacher at the age of 21, despite him having no teaching degree, yeah. um, interestingly wrote this book called Space Relations. And I'm not like highlighting this as like a smoking gun. I'm not saying like, oh yeah, this guy runs a fucking pedophile cult with Epstein and that's why he hired him as a teacher. I think it's more so just like a an extremely weird coincidence. Um, but this book, Space Relations, is, uh, was written in 1973 and takes place in like a, a fictional distant future where um, humans have colonized other planets and run like a, a sort of intergalactic empire, I guess like a, a Star Wars-esque world. Oh, it's a fiction book? Yes, yeah. Oh, what? okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm just going to read the plot here off Wikipedia because yeah. I'm sure that whoever wrote this will do it more succinctly than I did. Um, in the future, humans have formed an intergalactic empire ruled by aristocrats. During a time of war with the Plith, an empire of ant-like alien bug people, Ambassador John Craig, a formerly liberal Earthman in his 30s, 
is, is dispatched to the strategically important planet Kossar, a human colony that was settled by the Carlisle Society as a place of exile for political extremists, and now is ruled by an oligarchical high council of seven nobles, each of whom is in charge of a different domain with its own traditions. Their boredom and absolute power have driven them to madness, to the point that Kossar's entry into the Empire has been stymied by the man-inhabited planet's treaties clause against alliances with slave-owning societies, due to its practice of kidnapping humans to become illegal playthings of the galaxy's super-rich. What the fuck? Starting yeah. to sound interesting? Oh, Let dude, me carry on. Oh, yeah, fuck on. Right. Craig, who now is campaigning to bring Kossar into the Empire, had previously been to the planet when the passenger ship on which he was travelling on a return trip from the Better Battle Use conference was captured by space pirates. While en route to Kassar, one of the pirates awakened Craig and the other prisoners to rape a 15-year-old virginal red-headed female captive in front of them. The rapist's fellow pirates later hear of this and dock his pay as punishment for spoiling her market value. Craig then spent two years as a slave of the beautiful, sensual, and, and sadistic Lady Morgan Sidney, the only female member of the oligarchy with whom he became romantically involved. Together, they lived in her castle, ruling over and engaging in sexual relations with those under their dominion, including an enslaved teenager at a clinic used to breed enslaved people. Oh, when Craig stumbles on hints of an alien invasion, he realizes he must escape to save humanity. Craig is depicted as undisturbed by Lady Morgan's sadism when he is ordered to sexually assault the enslaved teenager. He enjoys his participation in the act. Oh, dude. So, you son of a bitch. This dude. Yeah, right? This is fucking weird, dude. So this guy who hired Jeffrey Epstein without a degree as a teacher at a private school in New York yeah. and whose son became the Attorney General of the United States wrote this book... Um, you know, de arguably depicting a lot of what seems to go on amongst these circles where Epstein and his friends would would circulate. So, like, it's it's strange, dude. Whether this yeah. guy maybe you know, it's obviously super possible that he just had like a bizarre imagination and wanted to write a dystopic sci-fi novel. Like, mm. sure, I'm sure he's not the first person who's done that. But um, yeah, there's a lot the, of the crossover there, though. Parallels, yeah, it's, yeah. it's quite amazing. Yeah, that's fucked, hey. That's way... I mean, it's just... There, there comes a point where you just sort of say, like, you know, there's there's only so much coincidence you can really have, especially in mm -hmm. this sort of situation that should be, like, ruthlessly yeah. looked at. Um, I've been particularly intrigued at the Gates-Epstein crossover that is slowly starting to fucking unwind and it's like yeah i haven't looked into that enough yet i've i've seen headlines and shit though i need to look into it yeah same i i haven't either i've also just sort of like been perusing and loosely reading a couple articles but i just feel like it there's maybe something that's gonna like blow the fuck up it's already really bizarre right where like melinda gates mm. is accusing him of uh an uncomfortable relationship and Epstein was counseling like, on his marriage. You know? And having wild sex parties as well. What? Was that an accusation? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it has, has emerged. Like, I think former Microsoft employees or something have have talked about uh, Bill Gates having, like, naked pool parties and I don't know. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so this school where Epstein was teaching at, yeah. oh, I can't remember the name of this guy now, but... One of the founders of uh, Bear Stearns Investment Bank, which people might best know as the bank that one of, one of, am I right about that? The banks that collapsed during the 2008 financial crisis yeah. and was one of the, the key players involved in selling these um, subprime mortgage packages. This guy was a uh, father of one of the students at the school where Epstein was teaching. And after Epstein was fired from the school for poor performance was offered a job at Bear Stearns by <laughs> the father of one of Epstein's yeah. students. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. yeah. And so this guy randomly handpicked Epstein sort of off the trash heap in a way. Yeah. Um, put him into this financial institution where uh, he started off as like a, uh, a personal assistant to a floor trader. So just nobody. 
and then like rapidly rose through the ranks uh, to the point where he was managing like a large wing of, of Bear Stearns and then became, you know, a member of the financial elite in Manhattan. Um, and the story continues to evolve until you, you know, Epstein becomes Epstein living in a fucking palace with sex slaves being bought in there. Um, have you by any chance listened to um, Eric Weinstein discuss Jeffrey Epstein? No, but I really want to do a deep dive on it uh, um, because I'm, I'm just loosely aware of it. I refuse to watch any documentary put out by like um, the Clintons talking about it. So I'm not going to watch their fucking Netflix one, but I mm -hmm. really want to fucking dive into it, uh, you know? So because someone told me that the Clintons put out the document. I don't know if that's true or not, but I just remember hearing that. But anyway, fuck, I don't want to see the Netflix version of it. I want to see like the legit, the dirty shit. Yeah, know? fair. So Eric Weinstein, who, you know, our listeners might know of, mm -hmm. um, he's a scientist and the managing director of Teal Capital. Mm -hmm. So he's a hedge fund manager, essentially. And, I mean, he, he's well known as well for, what was that? Oh, uh, Earthquake. Oh, you're fucking serious. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, that was intense. Anyway, God, no, God damn, that was, that was loud. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of earthquakes um, here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for the listeners, Christchurch is a, an earthquake-rattled place. Yeah. Uh, riddled yeah. place, rather. So, anyway, Eric Weinstein, um, according to himself <laughs> yeah. and a few others, uh, in the past has worked on some, like, really revolutionary scientific theories um, in, the, in the realm of physics. Um, I, don't, I don't know enough about physics to be able to uh, eloquently discuss his work, but um, if you know, you know. Anyway, yeah. on his uh, podcast, The Portal, he did like a one and a half hour episode, which was just like a monologue where he just discussed, I mean, not discussed, but spoke about with himself his experiences meeting Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, what? And Fuck yeah. Yeah. So, Sick. so for those who aren't aware, Epstein was really well known as being like a patron of science um, and allegedly tried to ensnare a lot of leading scientists from Ivy League universities and his sort of honeypots. Um, he would invite scientists who are working on cutting-edge projects to his home and, you know, take them to his parties or whatever. Um, and the reason that a lot of these scientists were susceptible to his influence was because scientists who were working on projects that were kind of outside the main areas of interest of large institutions struggled to get funding for their projects. Um, and somehow Jeffrey Epstein would get whiffs of these interesting projects and just sort of conveniently appear and say to these scientists like, hey, you know, like I heard you're working on this. I really care about science and technology and I want to help you, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then would bring these scientists to his home in exchange for funding their projects. So I, I'll just go over this really briefly, but Eric Weinstein's account of going to Jeffrey's house in Manhattan is fucking mind boggling, dude. Yeah. He like enters a foyer where he like discovers a listening device and then he gets like greeted by, I think another man who brings him into like this um, dining room where Jeffrey Epstein is waiting for him sitting at a massive dining table with like an extremely young woman on his lap who he's just like stroking the entire time that they're talking um, and like hearing Eric's kind of description of just the vibes that were in the room is fascinating and like he got the uh, impression that Jeff Jeffrey Epstein was just like an imposter you know like yeah. he wasn't a financier he was definitely like managing he was doing it well but he was absolutely acting and it, it's bizarre and he had a, a u.s flag draped on the table as a tablecloth if i remember correctly um which is fucking That's so weird fucking bizarre. um anyway i would recommend you and for all of our listeners to go and listen to it i'll put a link in the show notes right. it's crazy 100%. but the epstein thing is just endlessly endlessly intriguing yeah. for me um i'm keen to check it out but, right i need to fucking run but um yeah that is 100 percent. oh man i'm actually like super excited now to to check that out mm. yeah yeah cool all right um we'll leave it at that yeah. i'll just say um if you like the podcast 
as many people seem to, ha ha ha, um, go to Patreon forward slash Modern Guilt yeah. and uh, please support the pod. Uh, you can subscribe for five US dollars per month um, to help us out and also get access to our exclusive Patreon channel where we talk about <coughs> stocks and the market. Um, we do those episodes once a month, so you get one extra episode per month uh, and the satisfaction that you are helping Modern Guild. Absolutely. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, if you want to go back and listen to the HGN episode with Mike, that was interesting. Um, other than that, Certainly get in touch with us. If you have any thoughts, questions, suggestions, yeah. I've just we want to hear from you. The Modern Guilt Twitter account and renamed it because I'm too lazy to make my own fucking account. But um, yeah, hit us up Twitter, guilt underscore modern, and uh, oh, oh we're, I don't know. Hit up Hayden's account. He can tell you what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> at why worry? Oh, wait. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, we'll call it. Have a good day, guys. Take care. Right. Thanks for listening. Peace.